Is anyone else just as confused as I am? I I am blown away by the first three weeks of the National Football League thus far. I, I I don't know what to do anymore. My game picks have been so bad. I don't know how I'm going to be able to recover. The entire NFL standings is up in arms right now. Teams that I thought would be last have come to first. Like it is bonkers. Let me know in the comments what you guys think because I am about to lose my mind. Guys, welcome to another episode of NFL Study Hall. When we recap week three in the NFL, another crazy upset week. We have not had really a normal week of football in my mind yet. Everything has seemed to go crazy. I don't know who's the best, who's the worst, where all these teams are going to go. I think we have had the most even spread teams of all time besides the Houston Texans, which of course... Uh, makes my heart just so warm and fluffy, right? It's just absolutely crazy. Let's dive into this thing. Week three, Thursday night football, Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Cleveland Browns. And this is a, just another game where the Pittsburgh Steelers offense is nowhere to be found. They have yet to put up 17 points of offense this year. Everyone's calling up in the arms for Mitchell Trubisky to be benched and for Kenny Pickett to be put in. And my thought is this is the decision-making time. I am honestly okay if Trubisky stays in longer because he hasn't he hasn't been playing well, obviously, but this offensive line has not been helping him whatsoever. But if you're going to put Pickett in, you need to do it now because the next two months of football for the Pittsburgh Steelers following starting on week five is going to be awful. So next week, you've got the New York Jets at home. That should be a good win considering your defense has held up all right so far. So if you're going to put Pickett in, I would do it next week so he gets used to the football environment against the Jets because this is starting on October 9th. Bills, Bucks, Finns, Eagles, Saints, Bengals, Colts. December 4th, you'll get the Falcons. But those that stretch of like six, seven games right there is just going to be awful. They might go 0-7 in that stretch right there. It's going to be tough. So if you're Mike Tomlin, next week would be the best time to put Kenny Pickett in. And honestly, if he thrives, throws three touchdowns and 300 yards next week, he's the starter for the rest of the season. But I do not think they will put him in. At least I would not put him in any time during that stretch in the next seven games after the Jets starting on week five. It's just going to, he's not going to do well against any of those teams. For the Cleveland Browns, you're two and one right now in your first three games without Deshaun Watson. Jacoby Brissett has held his end of the bargain very nicely. Nick Chubb seems to be the number one running back in the NFL this year, leading the league in yards. Has, I think, um, two, uh, four touchdowns on the year so far, maybe five. He has had an absolutely brilliant performance. The weight that was going to be put on his shoulders when Deshaun Watson was suspended, he has done excellently well at the receivers have been getting the ball spread around very nicely Amari Cooper has definitely stepped up in a big way so far especially this past Thursday night game where he threw 101 yards and a touchdown listen these Browns could be legit there's no one in the AFC North besides the Baltimore Ravens who their defense has been a little sketchy lately there's no one else who's really been able to show themselves the Bengals are starting off super slow the Sealers are obviously nowhere to be found. So I think these Browns, once Deshaun Watson comes back, 
have a very good chance at making a run at the NFC, AFC North title, or even, in fact, the AFC in general, because there are teams that I thought would be up there that are not even close. So I like where the Browns are at. I like the strategy. Keep giving the ball to Nick Chubb. He's going to make things happen. Keep the ball clean. No turnovers, which is what they've done so far. They are in the right direction. Going to the Sunday slate, obviously the game of the week. Buffalo Bills versus Miami Dolphins. I was at this game. The environment was next level. Just over 66,000 people. The second largest crowd at Hard Rock Stadium since it was modernized in 2015. The atmosphere was electric. The gameplay was crazy. The weather was stupid hot. I felt terrible for the players out there. Buffalo had at least minimum 12 injuries due to heat exhaustion during this game. It felt like they were dropping like flies. Yeah, I kind of, I genuinely felt bad for them halfway through the game. I remember the the PA announcer going, "Hey, um, uh, Dawson Knox has been reported uh, has is, has an injury for uh, heat heat stroke or something like that." Isaiah McKenzie is down with heat exhaustion. Like big time players for the Bills. Stephon Diggs was cramping up in the last drive. Josh Allen seemed like the only guy who could at least handle the heat, and even he was on the ground a lot of times. Wondering where he was at. It was just, it was not good. Um, the Miami Dolphins defense has impressed me more than any other defense in the National Football League right now. I do not, wouldn't say they're maybe the best. I think Tampa has a solid defense as well, but I think Dolphins is something to be reckoned with. They have definitely shocked me coming out of nowhere. I love what they're doing on the defensive side, especially that front four has really gotten some pressures on Josh Allen and the QBs they've played thus far. The run game has done all right. Chase Edmonds has done okay. I think they really need to push that a little bit more. Listen, the Dolphins offense really did not do a ton in this game. They got that big touchdown in the first quarter based on that strip sack fumble. But otherwise, outside of a huge pass to Jalen Waddle in the third quarter, this offense did not generate a ton. But nor did the Buffalo Bills offense as well. Look at how lopsided this game was. 90 plays for the Buffalo Bills compared to 39 for the Dolphins. 40 minutes of possession for the Buffalo Bills compared to 20 of the Dolphins. This was buff. If you look at a statistical level, Josh Allen had 400 yards throwing. Um, they had a total yardage of 497 yards compared to Miami Dolphins 212. They had 31 first downs compared to Miami's 15. Every single statistical category pointed towards the Buffalo Bills winning this game, except they couldn't get in the end zone. There were so many times they were in range of field goals in range of touchdowns that they could not get points on the board. You saw at the end of the second half, Josh Allen mishandles a snap, and he chucks it over Stephon Diggs. He can't get out of bounds. They don't get a field goal off of the second half, at the end of the first half. You look at the end of the game, Isaiah McKenzie can't get out to the out of bounds. They don't get the snap off in time to spike it for a field goal. I mean, there were, there were a lot of critical errors that happened for the Buffalo Bills, that the Miami Dolphins, I played a clean game. That's all they had to do. It got a little bit scary at the end with the with the butt punt, which was hilarious. Um, but I think these Miami Dolphins, they're 3-0, and number one in the AFC, only undefeated team in the AFC right now. They are something to be reckoned with. Do I think they are better than the Buffalo Bills as a whole or even in the playoffs? No. This game, in my opinion, was majority weather prone. If the Buffalo Bills had hosted this game, I do not think it would have been close. 
That offense had major injuries on it. Three offensive linemen, I believe, were out. Their their defensive secondary had key injuries on it. Miami had most of their starters healthy. There were definitely some guys who were missing, I'm pretty sure. But if you look at just how many guys went down due to heat exhaustion and how long that offense was on the field, I think they would have. I think the Buffalo Bills would have been more efficient had they been at home in cooler weather and everyone could have been healthy. This Buffalo Bills defense overall, or Buffalo Bills team, is overall better than what the Dolphins have shown us thus far. If they can keep Tyreek and Jalen Waddle under wraps, if they pull a Baltimore Ravens and just let him fly, no one beats the uh, the Miami Dolphins in the National Football League. But I think they're smarter than that. And I, I think this Bills team is better than the Dolphins. But Dolphins are on they're on playoff watch. They are this team could easily, no doubt, make the playoffs with the rest of their schedule that they have and with the defense that they have shown us thus far. I love what I'm seeing out of the Miami Dolphins. On the opposite end of the spectrum, you got two of the worst teams in the National Football League, Houston Texans taking on the Chicago Bears in the Windy City. This was an ugly, scrappy game from start to finish. A lot of turnovers, a lot of bad play. I'm not going to handle this one too long, except that the run game for both teams, statistic-wise, was pretty darn good. Damian Pierce coming out. My man, 20 carries, 80 yards, a touchdown. Good stuff. Khalil Herbert for the Chicago Bears, 20 carries, 157 yards, and two touchdowns coming out on fire. Neither quarterback looked good. Both run games looked pretty good. Both defenses were able to get some solid turnovers. I'm loving what I'm seeing out of my out of my Houston secondary. I hope we stick. I hope they stick around until we can probably replace our QB, which I'm sad about because I had high hope for Davis Mills, and I hope we could find. I was hoping we could find a franchise quarterback sooner than later. But if he keeps the trend he's on, he is out possibly mid-season. Moving on, Detroit Lions, Minnesota Vikings, great game overall. Detroit Lions came out hot. And I knew this was going to be a close game. Final score of 28-24 to 24 in favor of the Minnesota Vikings. But I thought it would be the other way around where the Vikings caught the quick lead and the Detroit Lions made the comeback and would almost win. That was not the case. Lions came out firing. Up 24-14 to 14 at the end of the third quarter and took some miracle plays by Kirk Cousins and this wide receiver core to make something happen in the fourth quarter. You could argue there were some bad calls by Coach Dan Campbell at the end of the fourth quarter trying to kick that, I think it was like a 50-plus yard field goal instead of going for it on fourth and one. But there were multiple times during the game that they had been stuffed on fourth and a little bit to go. So I don't actually mind with that play call um, as long as you just trust your kicker, which I guess he did. Um, But for the Minnesota Vikings... They got to definitely uh, scrap some things up on the defensive side. Um, this was the least amount of points they'd held the, Do- the Detroit Lions had been held to all year, so that was fine. Um, the offense just took a little bit to get going. I was especially glad that Dalvin Cook was getting back into the game. That definitely freed up everything when he was able to get 17 carries for 96 yards and a touchdown. Best game by far for him this season. If they can keep that style of offense going with that defense coming in clutch in the second half, this Minnesota Vikings team should be able to make a wild card spot. Going over to the Raiders versus the Tennessee Titans. This just was an ugly game, guys. No no team really had full control of this. Late in the second quarter, the Tennessee Titans were able to pull out, but even then, the, the uh, Las Vegas Raiders were able to come into a close margin. Listen, Las Vegas, 
they're the only 0-3 team in the National Football League. I had them going 12-5 and this regular season. On paper, this is one of the best teams in the league. But what we're seeing in person is very sad. Josh Jacobs has done zero to help his football team. Derek Carr is not throwing good balls. The wide receivers do not look open. Devontae Adams has not looked like the same player he was. The offensive line is not giving Derek Carr enough time. He, granted, did not have Hunter Renfro in this game, but we saw Aaron Rodgers use Devontae Adams and solely Devontae Adams. I don't know why he's not getting open. The teams he has played have been roughly about the same when it comes to the cornerbacks and secondaries that the uh, Green Bay Packers had played in the past. So I don't know why he's not getting open. I am tempted to think that it's a coaching issue. Josh McDaniels, first time since head coaching the Denver Broncos decades ago, and even the owner of the Raiders had a private conversation with Josh McDaniels this week. We do not know what the contents of that meeting were, but we know he did sit down with Josh McDaniels. This is, um, it is a tough situation for the Raiders. I don't want to give up on them yet. If they can get into the winner's circle soon, I think they'll be fine. I just think Josh McDaniels is such a smart coach that he should be able to handle this on his own. His defense, I mean, that you got to be able to put more than 24 points on the Tennessee Titans. I mean, I blame this game mostly on the offense. Last game, it was definitely the defense late in the game. First game, no problems there. Los Angeles healthy team was going to beat them. No problem. Um, you look at their upcoming schedule, though. They got to start getting some of these wins. Denver Broncos next week, who have looked pretty, pretty easy so far. Kansas State Chiefs, that'll be a loss. Houston Texans and New Orleans Saints after that. You got to win three of your next four games minimum. If you do not do that, this team has no shot at making the playoffs. Derek Carr's got to play better. Josh Jacobs in the run game has to free him up a little bit. I don't think Josh, I don't think Derek Carr is the type of man who needs to throw 44 passes. He went 26 of 44 in this game. He needs to be around the low 30s area. That, I think, is where he is most prime. You put more pressure on him. The defense let the Tennessee Titans go early, which forced Derek Carr to throw the ball more. I don't think that's the type of player Derek Carr is. And I think the running game needs to help him out a lot. For the Tennessee Titans now, Derek Henry finally got something going in the rush game to an extent. 20 carries, 85 yards, one touchdown. Still not the production we are used to seeing. Ryan Tannehill looks a Ryan Tannehill mediocre way. I'll be interested to see when Malik Willis comes in this season because I do think he does need to make a start some point in 2022. They're able to squeak out this game. Their defense looks okay. But with what I'm seeing out of Indianapolis and Jacksonville, I don't think Tennessee makes a playoff spot. I really don't. There has not been one dominant performance of any type throughout this season. You lose to the New York Giants, blown out by the Buffalo Bills, and squeak out a win against the Las Vegas Raiders. I think the Tennessee Titans need to start planning for next year. I mean, obviously, play your guts out and see if you can go at this division because it's it's perfectly fine that they can. But I've been too impressed by what the Jacksonville Jaguars have done and what the Indianapolis Colts did last week for me to believe that the Tennessee Titans have a chance. Malik Willis needs to get a start pretty soon. I, th- I think there is... At some point, a chance for Malik Willis to get in this. Look at their upcoming schedule. Colts next week. Wouldn't do that. Washington Commanders, 
maybe, but I'm thinking more at like the end of the year when you have to play like the last three games of the season are the Houston Texans, Dallas Cowboys, Jacksonville Jaguars, like something like that. Um, Because you've got like a rough middle of your schedule is pretty rough. Um, But I think that Malik Willis does need to get a chance at this offense. Um, That's kind of the reason you drafted him. Ryan Tannehill does not look as dominant as he did in the past. He needs to get a shot at it. Let's go to the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Indianapolis Colts. Like I just mentioned, the Colts going 1-1-1 after beating the Kansas City Chiefs, who fall to 2-1. This was a really, really weird game. I mean, no, no offense looked like they were doing anything. There were quite a few turnovers in this game. Uh, the, man, credit to Indianapolis Colts defense getting pressure on Patrick Mahomes in this game. It was very impressive to see. Mahomes only going for 20 of 35, 262, a touchdown and an interception. Not really anything going in the passing game, nothing going in the running game. Clyde Edwards Hilaire, I know, had a rushing touchdown in this game, but otherwise he just had zero production. He only went for seven carries and zero total yards. His longest of the day was four yards. Their leading rusher was actually Patrick Mahomes scrambling for 26 yards. There was just not a lot of time in possession. A lot of three and outs, a lot of punts, two turnovers. Kansas City Chiefs did, just did not look like themselves. Indianapolis Colts kind of just survived in this game. The Chiefs had the lead for most of this game, especially in the second half. And then the Colts were able to score in the final minute. Matt Ryan coming in, Matty Ice. Jonathan Taylor really didn't have a lot going. Matt Ryan was sacked five times in this game, 27 of 37, 222 yards, and two touchdowns. Listen, credit to the Colts' defense for disrupting the Kansas City Chiefs. They win their home opener against one of the Super Bowl favorites. I'm not too worried about the Chiefs, honestly. This was a really weird, really weird game where no one looked like they were on the same page. It was very confusing to watch, and the Indianapolis Colts just kind of squeaked one out here at the end. I think this definitely proves that the Colts have something in them after tough losses to the Jacksonville Jaguars and a tie to the Houston Texans. So I don't think they're out of it, but they haven't shown any dominance. Jonathan Taylor has done all right, not anything close to what he did last year, and Matt Ryan hasn't really done a whole lot this year as well. 37 times throwing, you only get 222 yards. Not exactly what we're used to seeing. Still confused by the Indianapolis Colts who I'm not confused by, is Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. This man is putting up numbers better than his MVP season. The man has had 12 total touchdowns on his own, which is better than 31 teams in the National Football League right now, excluding the Baltimore Ravens. The only one to do more is the Detroit Lions. Lamar Jackson by himself is throwing fantastic. He's running the ball amazing. He's doing it all. He had 218 yards throwing with four touchdowns, and he ran for 107 yards and a touchdown. He is back to MVP form. He is the favorite right now for MVP. He is carrying this offense. No one else seems to be wanting to do anything. Mark Andrews had a nice game in this one with a couple huge catches. There were quite a few balls in this game that I thought Lamar Jackson owes to his offensive receivers. Rashad Bateman has been huge. Like I said, Mark Andrews. Um, Devin Duvernay, I think, had a touchdown in this game as well. This has been absolutely fantastic to watch. They picked up a win against the New England Patriots, 37-26. to 26. Now, in the first half, 
they had to fight their way back. And New England actually had the lead in the third quarter until the Lamar Jackson show showed, showed up and he was able to take over the game. Ravens, I think, are the favorite to win the AFC North right now. Lamar Jackson, the favorite to win the MVP. I love where this is going. Their defense definitely needs to clean things up. They are letting too many points and letting too many open receivers downfield. But the New England Patriots had a nice game, nice game plan. These teams know each other very well. Um, the John Harbaugh and Bill Belichick rivalry goes way back. Always a fun game to see. And now John Harbaugh has the ultimate weapon in Lamar Jackson that he has utilized absolutely perfectly. For the Patriots, they just got to keep on going. Mac Jones hurt at the end of this game. We don't, I, I forget how many games he's supposed to be out with an ankle injury. The New England Patriots just need to survive, figure out if Mac Jones is the future of their team, and find some defensive players. I, I said they lost all their defensive players, and it has shown through so far in the first three games this year. Um, this is the worst team that I've seen Bill Belichick have in quite a long time, and he's going to need to find some new personnel really quickly. Cincinnati Bengals versus New York Jets. Bengals finally looking like the Bengals of 2021, beating the Jets 27-12. to Not too much to say here. Bengals played a clean game finally. Burrow with no interceptions in this one. Could have used a little bit more out of Joe Mixon. He had only 12 carries for 24 yards. Needs some more out of him, but overall the passing game was a lot better for Burrow. Chase got touchdown. Boyd got touchdown. This is where the Bengals need to be. Their defense takes over. Two interceptions on Joe Flacco. Huge pressures. Not a lot going on in the rush game, pass game. Nothing for the New York Jets. The Jets have honestly looked okay. As soon as Zach Wilson comes in, we'll see what they're really made of. They'll pick up like three or four more wins, in my opinion. The Cincinnati Bengals just need to keep plugging away. You look at the rest of their schedule so far coming up. You got, the De- you got the Dolphins on Thursday Night Football. That's going to be a tough game. Ravens, Saints, Falcons, Browns. So they're gonna really, we're going to really see what this team is made of. Maybe they can get some wins later in the year when they take on teams like the Falcons and the Panthers, the Steelers, the Titans, teams like that. But their division, Cleveland Brown looks better. Uh, Cleveland Browns look better. Baltimore Ravens look pretty good. Steelers look pretty easy. But the, the Cincinnati Bengals do not do not have as easy of a road to victory this year as they did in years past. Philadelphia Eagles versus the Washington Commanders. Eagles 3-0, only team in the NFC to be undefeated so far. This is the most dominant defense in the NFC that I have seen so far. Granted, they've played some easier teams, but you see what they did against the Minnesota Vikings. You see what they did against the Washington Commanders. Their offense has looked fantastic. Jalen Hurts, man. This man has stepped into his own. I absolutely saw none of this coming this season. Absolutely zero. I did not think he was the type of quarterback that we saw like Lamar Jackson. The man can run the ball. He only had 20 20 yards this game, but in previous games, he has shown his run ability. This game, he showed his arm with 340 yards out of 22 completions for three touchdowns, rating of 123.5. Everyone was getting the ball in this game. A.J. Brown with 85 yards and a touchdown. Devontae Smith with 169 yards and a touchdown. His first 
breakout game in the National Football League. Dallas Goddard was able to get a touchdown before he went down with an injury. We hope he's doing okay because I still think he is a key part to this offense. He was the first touchdown of this game. Listen, I know the Eagles only scored all of their points in the second quarter, but I still think like they were putting Jalen Hurts on the bench to save him. That is a confident football team. Nick Sirianni has done a great job putting this roster together. They've got one of the best offensive lines, if not the best offensive line in the National Football League, which was the complete opposite to where they were three years ago. I am I am hype on the Philadelphia Eagles. No one is touching them in the NFC East. That is a fact, and we'll see how high they can get in the playoff rankings considering that Tampa looks weak on offense. Green Bay looks weak on offense. The Rams have had their question marks this year for sure. There is no one else who has gotten to the level of the Philadelphia Eagles, both on offense and on defense this season. The Commanders, Wentz is not the option, and I don't know if Wentz is going to have a starting job in the National Football League after this season. He is second, I want to say, in total sacks this year. It does not matter what team is on. He holds the ball too long. He gets too much pressure in the pocket. His receivers apparently aren't getting open. I think Terry McLaurin is fine. Antonio Gibson really hasn't shown anything this year. Um, This is just a tough place for Carson Wentz. He is not throwing the ball very well. He's not getting it downfield at all. Uh, Washington commanders are going to be trudging their way along to last in the NFC East. Saints, Pat, Saints, Panthers. Guys, I'm I'm done with Jameis Winston. I wow, three games and I'm already done on the man I hyped out for four months in the offseason. Listen, he went 25 of 41, 353, a touchdown and two interceptions. The man just doesn't want to keep the ball clean. He doesn't want to go out there and and play well. It's it was really embarrassing to watch him go up against one of the easiest defenses in the league. Credit to Baker Mayfield and the Carolina Panthers for getting the win, but honestly, it was the fumble recovery touchdown at the beginning of the game that really sealed it for them. Baker Mayfield did not play well. Christian McCaffrey did all right. Um, neither offense looked really good. This was an ugly, ugly game to watch where no team really wanted to win. Jameis Winston needs to start playing smarter. He needs to just get the dip and dunks, get the ball downfield. He's stopped showboating, play good, solid football that you saw Drew Brees do, that you need to start doing, that you did last year when you were able to keep the ball clean and get more touchdowns up on the board. He needs to humble himself, and he needs to start playing better because there's a lot of other teams in the NFC that look a lot better than the New Orleans Saints sitting at 1-2. and two. Now we go into the afternoon games that I'm still boggled about. Most specifically, Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Los Angeles Chargers, guys. I got home from the Dolphins game, and I looked at my phone and saw 38-10 to 10 on the scoreboard of Jaguars Chargers, and I didn't think I was seeing it right. I literally closed the app and made it refresh to make sure I was seeing the correct score on the correct team. There is no way this score should have happened. I don't care how banged up you want to say L.A. was. They they had injuries of Justin Herbert, J.C. Jackson, Keenan Allen, Rashawn Slater, like all these guys, right? You still should not be losing this game. It is the Jacksonville Jaguars. One of my friends said the meme team of the NFL. 
But that being said, this Jacksonville Jaguars team, on paper, also looks pretty good. Trevor Lawrence, James Robinson, Christian Kirk, Trayvon Walker, Josh Allen on the defensive side. They're finally putting everything together. Doug Peterson, credit to him. I think he'll if they keep this trend going, Doug Peterson will win coach of the year. This team just put up 38 points on LA's own home turf. LA, who I had winning the AFC West. LA, who a lot of people had going to the Super Bowl. LA, which is led by Justin Herbert, who only had 297 yards, one touchdown, one interception. This there is there is no way to explain this other than that. Jacksonville is finally coming into their own. Trevor Lawrence, clean game, three touchdowns. James Robinson, 100 yards and a touchdown. I am loving everything about this Jacksonville Jaguars team. This is good, solid, clean football. Lots of defense. Exactly what you want to see out of a team playing at the professional level. The Chargers had no chance in this game, especially in the second half when the Jaguars virtually just took it over by themselves. The Chargers, again, are injured. Rashawn Slater is out for the rest of the year. They're waiting for J.C. Jackson and Keenan Allen to come back. I do think they will make a playoff spot eventually because this team is just too good. But I'm nervous. I am very nervous. You just got clapped by the Jacksonville Jaguars, who now set 2-1 and one and top the AFC South. <laughs> Dude, the storylines that will go down if Jacksonville makes a deep run at the playoffs, man. Holy cow. Could you imagine... A Dolphins-Jags divisional or AFC championship game. The headlines that would happen, Florida's back. Could you imagine a Tampa-Jacksonville Super Bowl? A Tampa-Dolphins Super Bowl? Florida's going to love their football teams this year. They're currently at 2-1 and one for Tampa, 2-1 and one for Jacksonville, 3-0 and oh for Miami. I remember a time where all three of these teams were 0-2 oh to start a season. Florida is loving their football teams this year, and so am I. We're going to try to speed through these last ones. Arizona Cardinals versus the Los Angeles Rams. Rams being able to take care of their own business. Cam Akers with a big game of 12 carries for 61 yards and a touchdown. Kyler Murray had to throw the ball 51, 58 times because they got down so quickly in this game and the rush game was really able to do nothing. James Conner is truly missing the Chase Edmonds of this running back duel. James Conner is an expert in the red zone, but as a whole, he has not been able to show he's the running back from Pittsburgh. They need to find another running back who can pair with Conner ASAP. Otherwise, Murray's going to have to chuck the ball up as many times as he can, which really isn't that much. They only had four field goals in this game, zero offensive touchdowns. I have been impressed by Marquise Brown, able to get done in replacement of DeAndre Hopkins. Maybe when Hopkins comes back in week seven, They'll be able to do a little bit more, but I think it's going to be rough sailing up until then. Rams, solid on defense. Good job on offense. Um, Cooper Cup had a rushing touchdown this game. was a lot of fun to see. Overall, their offense needs to be a little more dominant if they want to keep up with these defenses in the NFC in Tampa, Green Bay, Philadelphia, Minnesota. There are some bigger defenses that they're going to have to face eventually that are going to be able to stuff them if they keep it up with what they've been doing so far on the offensive side. But... With the rest of their division right now, Arizona they just beat. San Francisco looks bad. Seattle looks bad. It's pretty easy. They might win the AFC, the NFC West, but for the playoffs, it's going to be rough. 
Philadelphia, wow, <laughs> Atlanta Falcons versus the Seattle Seahawks. Atlanta winning 27-23, a game that I kind of saw coming. Both teams, not great. Both offenses, pretty okay. Both defenses, pretty okay. Cordell Patterson, the big man of the day, 17 carries, 141 yards, and touchdown, has definitely proven himself to be the running back number one in this system. Both quarterbacks played average Nothing really to say here. The Falcons should be able to hopefully get a few more wins, possibly the same for the Seattle Seahawks. Um, but, yeah, good game. And if you're a fantasy owner who doesn't have Cordell Patterson or would like Cordell Patterson, go get him immediately. Green Bay Packers versus Buc- Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Listen, Packers still getting used to their new wide receivers. Romeo Dobbs with a pretty good game, 73 yards and a touchdown. Tampa Bay Buccaneers without one star receiver number one player was Russell Gage in this game Tom Tom Brady was definitely missing his guys they were able to fight at the very end of this game to even make it a close game defenses both looked fantastic as we expected I expected a little bit more scoring but the same type of gritty defense bad offense type of play not super surprised by how either of these teams played it when you look at the rest of the division with how, Tampa, with how New Orleans has been struggling, Tampa should own their division pretty easily. Green Bay is going to have to fight with the Minnesota Vikings and the Detroit Lions atop of their division. And we'll see how the rest of the things go. It's really hard to it's really hard to judge at this point whether the Packers are going to be able to survive that NFC North. I definitely think they'll make a playoff run. Um, you look at Romeo Dobbs with a great game. Christian Watkins, I think, will be better. Um, Alan Lazard had a touchdown in this game too. So Rogers is definitely getting used to his, to his receivers. Aaron Jones, we know he's fantastic with the pairing of AJ Dillon. Uh, didn't really have a great game in this one, but I know he'll be there. So I like where the Packers are going. Bucks are just waiting for their star players to come back and then they'll be fine too. So now that football 49ers Broncos headline of this game Jimmy G runs out of the back of the end zone for safety that ultimately cost them the game final score 11 to 10 in favor of the Denver Broncos could not be a more boring football game more punts in this game than anything else Jimmy G I'm not going to overreact I still think he's a great quarterback this was his first start in a long time and he had not got practice time with the offense very much throughout the offseason because of the announcement of Trey Lance taking over the helm. Russell Wilson still look av- looks average. Very little rush attack on either, either side. This is Jeff Wilson Jr.'s first start as the number one, number one running back for the 49ers. Both defenses were able to shut everyone down. Um, I mean, I'm starting to doubt Russell Wilson as a player. Not as a teammate. Not as a man. As a player. He has got a similar offense to what he had in Seattle, if not better, and he just hasn't been able to roll with it. Um, They only had, I don't even think they had a touchdown in this game. Yeah, they did. Melvin Gordon with one run yard at the end of the game. Um, Yeah, I mean, these Broncos are 2-1, and but they don't look good. They've played really easy teams so far, and they lost to an easy team. They've They've played the Seattle Seahawks, Houston Texans, San Francisco 49ers led by a bad Jimmy G. They should be 3-0 and right now, and they should be dominating all their games. But they're not. Their offense has not been able to produce. I am very curious to see what they do against a solid defense, even in their own division. Next week, they got the Raiders. Eh. Colts. Eh. Chargers, if they're still, hel- if they're still hurt. Eh. They actually have a pretty easy schedule when it comes to defenses that they're going to play. When they start playing the Chiefs, 
it's going to get a little bit rougher, but I mean, they've got opportunities. Maybe they get a playoff spot. I don't think they do. I think they're, their offense isn't just producing enough. Russell Wilson has not been the man he is. We have projected him to be biggest disappointment in my opinion, when it comes to star players getting traded has been Russell Wilson right up there with Devontae Adams. Um, for the San Francisco 49ers, I'm less worried about. Um, Jimmy G's going to be back. I love their defense. I think they'll be fine. Cowboys Giants. Giants finally came down to earth, although their defense was very nice. Uh, Cowboys defense was one of the most impressive things I've ever seen with 27 pressures against Daniel Jones. And I believe it was five sacks, three of them by Demarcus Lawrence alone. Unbelievable play. Cooper Rush is now 3-0 as a starter and 2-0 this season after getting the starting role. I don't think they make a chance at the NFC East with the Philadelphia Eagles, but the fact that you're 2-1 right now is a good sight to see, and you're going to have to play the Giants once and the Washington football team two more times this year. The Rush game is very interesting. I talk about Ezekiel Elliott a lot on this podcast, but Tony Pollard had more carries and more yards in this game. This is going to be a very similar pairing to how Chase Edmonds and James Conner were last year, where Conner does the groundwork in the red zone like Ezekiel Elliott will, and Tony Pollard is the one who gets the big chunk yards in the open field. I like this dynamic duo a lot. Ezekiel Elliott as RB1 was not getting enough production, but when he's backed up by Tony Pollard, or actually if Tony Pollard is taking the helm, He's able to be more efficient. So I think if the Cowboys can keep that up, it was 13 carries to Tony Pollard, 12 carries to Ezekiel Elliott, and Ezekiel Elliott had the one-yard end zone touchdown. I actually love this game. Dak Prescott will come back. Hopefully he keeps the ball clean and makes smart decisions like Cooper Rush has been doing. He hasn't been pushing the ball downfield a ton, but he has been playing smart football. Granted, there were a few drops in this game, some big drops by C.D. Lamb. Ultimately, he did redeem himself with a nice one-handed end zone catch that won them the football game. For the Giants, they came back down to earth. I still think their defense is surprisingly good. Their secondary and rookies have come out firing. Daniel Jones is not the man we expect him to be. Saquon Barkley is definitely back, though. So give him give the Giants a solid quarterback, and they could really make some noise in the NFC next year. All right, guys. Well, there is the week three analysis. We're going to come out on Friday night with a week four pregame with a special guest coming from a new fan base that I have not interviewed before. Check it out. We look forward to that. Have a great rest of your week, guys. Stay safe if you're my brother in Florida as Hurricane Ian comes through the heart of us. Um, please stay indoors. Please stay safe. Stay safe. We got all our prayers coming out to you guys. Have a great rest of your week. Peace out. <laughs>